This is the Love Sunday Nights podcast, episode one. What the heck is Love Sunday Nights? Welcome to the Love Sunday Nights podcast, a real discussion co-hosted by 20-year collaborators, Blythe Kazmerzak and Tracy Wick, about how to create your spot in the universe, a place where you love what you do and your work loves you back. If you were trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up, join the Love Sunday Nights community. You can find us online at www.lovesundaynights.com. Here we are, Blythe and Tracy, launching our podcast. This podcast was recorded the week of Sunday, November 22nd, 2019. That's right, Thanksgiving week. We are going to share some of our personal career experiences and what we learned from them. These experiences were the source of the reinvention process that has helped us and others transform what we do. My name is Tracy Wick, and I am the co-founder of Love Sunday Nights. Uh, Welcome to our podcast. Love Sunday Nights is uh, designed to create a a community, a place for you to go to, to find what you need so that you love your job, as opposed to dreading Sunday nights, having to wake up Monday morning going to it. And the reason that this is so important, a little bit bit about me, is um, first of all, I think Anyone listening to this can relate to the feeling of not loving what you do. Uh, I think if you've worked long enough, uh, which in some cases doesn't have to be very long, there's probably a time in your life when you have not loved your job. And and typically Monday mornings, you know, that, that pit in your stomach, which I've had, starts to set in on Sunday night. For me, it was about 3 p.m. on a Sunday when I would start to think about the next day having to drive an hour to a job out in the Western suburbs of Chicago that I did not like. Um, And I knew it if if I was really aware, uh, I wasn't at the time, but if I was aware, I would have known I didn't love it, but based on, you know, the first day of being there, but I worked there for four years and for four years I drove an hour and with each mile on the road, the anxiety grew until I would walk into the office just really with a kind of a, the knot in my stomach to the moving its way up to the, to my throat. And the reason for that is because it was just the wrong fit for me. I'm a very unconventional thinker, always bringing in new ideas. It was a very traditional setting. And at the time I had just adopted my two-year-old daughter and it was the financial recession and uh, she has special needs. So I really needed the, not only the income, but the insurance. And I stayed at this situation far too long Um, and just was, uh, I guess the reason I'm telling you this is that I, my goal here is to create a movement to give people the tools to not be like me. And I know Blythe has a similar situation. So this is Blythe Kazmerzak and I'm the co-founder of Love Sunday Nights. And my personal connection to this and why I'm so motivated to help people, um, have a life they are truly living fully is because I, like Tracy, was in a situation where a company that I loved, I entered very early in my career and was there for um, for 15 years and grew up kind of in that environment, was sold. And immediately I had to figure out what to do next from a career perspective. And I ended up going to another organization um, that very much like Tracy's story was not a good fit for me. And the um, experience of having, you know, Friday, having the relief, Saturday, doing something fun with my family, 
gardening, doing something. And then I'd wake up on Sunday and start to feel that um, unsettled feeling that grew over the course of the day until at night it was actually palpable and it would have me have a hard time getting to sleep. And then I would wake up on Monday and figure out how to go um, try to make something work that wasn't working. And I drove for an hour, leaving my two-year-old without being able to kiss, you know, have breakfast with him. I had to leave early. I would get to downtown Chicago and interact with a set of people who didn't see me and didn't appreciate what I brought and didn't really want to hear my ideas. And um, it, it did not feel like flow. And it took a while to sort out, was it me? Was it them? Was it the job? What was it? But at some point, when you're in these situations, one of two things happens. Either the rug gets pulled out and you get fired or the business gets sold or uh, new leadership comes in and it's regime change and everything that was important is no longer important and everything gets reshuffled and you're in one of those situations. Or it gets so unhealthy, that feeling of being a square peg in a round hole that doesn't fit and the resistance that you feel in that environment it, it becomes big enough that you don't care about the risk of not having a paycheck tomorrow or the social pressure of breaking relationships of people who work there that you care about and you decide I'm going to change something. And I've experienced that set of situations multiple times. And I think what I've learned through that process is it is a lot of work to take what you have built in an organization or in a career area or in a subject matter and leave that version of it behind and create something new. And so some of those trigger events put you in a situation where you're inspired to do it. And having lived through that a few times, I think what I just is kind of magical to watch is when someone's put in that situation and they choose to be creative, it is a really beautiful thing to watch because you see them coming alive. And so that's why I'm passionate about Love Sunday Nights. Personally, I wish I had a resource like this when I was going through those tough times. But I imagine with so many people out there adjusting to what's happening to work around us and how many people are going to need to reinvent who they are and what they care about, and what they know and what they apply themselves to, we want to provide a resource and a community to support people in that kind of transition. So this podcast is going to go through a couple questions. Tracy and I are just going to introduce some concepts here related to this subject. Um, and we plan over time to interview people who are in this career reinvention process and give you guys examples to listen to, to inspire you, to challenge your thinking about what it could look like. Um, but for today, it's really just helping you hear our point of view and thoughts about it. And we'd love to, um, you know, evolve over time what this looks like. But initially, we're just going to start with some questions. So the first question is, what is different about career reinvention versus just getting another job? Maybe Trace, you want to take a shot? Well, as I think about this question, I'm reminded, um, I had a similar situation to Blythe where I had had a job that I loved and worked at for close to almost 20 years. And I was at a reunion. We all stay in touch, right? And we were sold as well. 
and and as I think about what's different about career invention versus getting another job, I'm thinking about that reunion where one of the people came up to me and said, "I've been watching you, and I I should I should compliment that person. We should actually interview them on this." on this podcast because she was saying, I've just seen how you've reinvented and I've not watched anyone do it as well as you. I mean, completely, you know, playing to your strengths. And and, and so what's different is I think that's it. It's about the ability to understand what your strengths are unique and, and then also not as they are in a context. So really understanding that you have strengths to bring to a situation, to a job, which may not be the same kind of job that you've been in in the past. And that the ability for you to talk about your strengths and tell a story about how bringing those strengths to this new environment, to this new job, to this new team, to this new person will be um, the right fit for you. You, you, those are, that's what's different as opposed to a lot of people who just, you know, they look for if they were, you know, an insurance broker, they want to be an insurance broker. If they were an accountant, they want to find another job where they could be, you know, you know, a good CPA. And so what you have to start to take a step back at is think about not so much the job, but the strengths that you bring and, and be honest about, um, how how much you may have to learn to bring those strengths into a different environment because just because you're somebody who can like for myself be um a pretty good problem solver you, you know you have to be willing to learn how to solve problems in the new environment versus the past and so there has to be a learning component as well so what i would say the big the big takeaway is really owning what your strengths are and really being able to understand what you're going to have to learn. And then you can even tell the story that you will have to learn, but take a bet on me because I've done that several times. But if you don't have those components, then you're really not going to be successful with a career or invention because, you know, then, then it's really much more about recreating a past job um, as opposed to inventing something entirely different. What would you say, Blythe? Well, it makes me think of the analogy um, of dating. And using the dating analogy, um, let's say that you were in a relationship and it ended badly. And one of the things they talk about often in that kind of situation is a very likely outcome is the next set of decisions you make is a rebound relationship that doesn't last. And I think about the same thing in a, a job where I either was so unhappy, I had a pin in my stomach or the rug got pulled out from underneath me. And even if I had a good experience in that job, the way it ended was frustrating and, you know, it wasn't in my choosing or it wasn't in my control or it didn't feel like, you know, the outcome I wanted. Now to jump into a recreation of that same job in a different context is essentially, or doing the opposite so that I didn't have that experience again, is a reactionary ping pong career journey move instead of really having the moment to reflect on the experience, giving a little time and really being thoughtful about what did I learn? What did I love doing? Who were the people that I had synergy with and that I got that um, feedback from either not attaboys or positive, but feedback that gave me energy in that experience? And then what does the next version of that look like? that is learning from what I loved about it 
but maybe strips away a few things that were in my way or frustrating or um, something like that. And I, I often think about career reinvention in an evolutionary framework of I can't go backward. Life is moving forward. And so the next version has some new twist on it. What is going to be the thing that I learn, take on, get exposed to that's different than what I had before? And it's just a layering of one more thing on top versus I'm just going to literally, like Tracy said, I was a learning development specialist and I'm going to go become a learning development specialist in a different company. That may be a career reinvention, or it might be trying to recreate a relationship that didn't end in you accomplishing what you wanted. Can there's one other thing too, that as I was hearing you talk about it, I, I love the dating metaphor. So I think that there's a lot that, um, part, the other part of this, about this podcast is about the future of work and how fast the future is coming to us every day and how quick the, you know, things are changing. And I think that that's very scary for a lot of people. So I think it's scary for me too. It's scary. I know to think about, wow, you know, maybe next week, you know, I might not be uh, as competitive as I am this week or this, you know, next year or whatever. But, but I think that that future change can really be a very positive influence on you as you think about recreating and not um, thinking about what are the skills in the future and what are the strengths that you have. So I think that we can talk more about this as we get into some of the how-tos and certainly how people have done this. But, but I think there's no better time actually to think about a career reinvention versus, you know, just doing more of the same. And what I, you know, have often seen in situations like when, when you're talking about getting another job, there's a factor that I call the good enough factor, which I think is really a big kind of thing that people need to take a look at for themselves, which is, is it good enough? You know, and, and, and that is really, in my opinion, uh, you know, something that you should be very afraid of because being good enough for me meant that I tolerated this situation with this job much longer you know, I, you have a sense of what's right, what's not right. You know, you, if you look at all the statistics, I mean, people are, you know, 81% are like dreading Sunday night, you know? And so it, it, I would say that there's a part of it where you're just content enough. And that is really something that's keeping you in a place that is not as good as it could be. Right. And so the opportunity to kind of, you know, take inventory of that, I think is another thing the the difference as you as you see just getting another job versus reinventing something that really inspires you. That's a really good point, Trace. Um, so we're going to go on to our next question, which is: Let's say you're listening to this podcast because you've decided already to make a career move, or you're in the process of reinventing yourself, or perhaps you're thinking about it and you're not sure yet. Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to kind of go through that change process? As human beings, you know, routine is comforting. Things you know, people you know, jobs you know, tasks you know, um, that's comfort, right? And so the, the idea of starting over and creating something takes a lot of mental and emotional energy, and you have to be at a place in life when you that you kind of put that creative process at the center and focus on it. 
And one of the things that I know I get asked as I talk to people who are in this situation is, you know, is it time? Am I ready? And so I'd love to hear your thoughts, Tracy, about how um, you knew you were ready or how you think people could know they were ready. Well, I, it's funny. I, I, I don't think I knew I was ready until the, the rug was pulled out from underneath me, right? It's kind of like what you were talking about. And so I think the good enough factor is part of it. You know, so part of it is, do you, are you like Blythe? I mean, do you start to dread? Are you like me at 3 p.m.? Do you look at the clock and, you know, at Sunday and you're like, ugh. Okay. You start to think about Monday and it's not thinking about Monday like, wow, I can't wait to get to work. You're thinking about bracing yourself for walking into your office, right? So that that's the first place. But I think that more importantly, um, you you have to think about the the motivation part of what is motivating you. And are you wanting to have a place of appreciation where you share an idea and instead of, of have someone else taking credit for it, you know, you are appreciated for having that idea, you know, shared in a meeting. That's, that's a a very common one, particularly for women. I think the other one for, for, um, depending on where you are in your career is a sense of purpose. Like, am I, am I, am I putting my talents in a place where I feel that I'm contributing to the, to the greater sense of what is aligned for my values, whether, you know, that's about, you know, a personal value that you have, or it's a, it's about how you see the world. And I think that that's a big one. You know, I was talking with my godson and he's 22 and I, you know, people, people rip on the Gen Z's and the millennials, like that they are, you know, that they're, they're not willing to kind of roll up their sleeves, like, you know, the Xers like us in terms of or boomers in the way that we did. But when I talk to him, when I talk to Jeremiah, he's very specific about what he's willing to put his talents towards and what he isn't. And he's willing to make the sacrifices, you know, to about it. And, you know, he's it, it's really given me an illumination about how he's unwilling to spend time in a situation where he doesn't feel that his purpose is aligned to. Uh, the, the job that he's working in is aligned to his higher purpose, which, you know, I, I, I respect. Um, so y- you think, well, how do I know this? Right. Cause these are kind of lofty goals, um, to think about cause you, you don't walk around sometimes thinking, well, am I highly motivated? You know, it's kind of hard to say because it's going to be a different experience reinventing than it is just to find, you know, going on an, a, a job site and applying for a job. You're going to have to learn to do different things. But I think just tapping into these two big, you know, I think higher, higher goals for people can give you a sense of, are you willing to get started on what is, what is it going to take? Um, because, um, without it, I think it's kind of hard to think about reinventing because you have to have that clarity. I, I totally agree about the motivation piece, especially, um, so no, I, I think of the analogy of climbing a mountain, like it can feel overwhelming to make a career, you know, reinvent yourself, reinvent your career, reinvent like what that whole thing looks like. So much of our identity is wrapped into what we do, especially here in America. And as a result, the pressure around shifts in it can shake you at the core. And so as a result, um, it's really about, do you have the motivation and energy and kind of, are you going to wake up every day feeling like I'm going to, I'm going to tackle whatever I need to, to make this happen. It's that important to you. Um, and 
if you are figuring out what's inspiring to you and what would help that motivation feed itself and be kind of a virtuous circle, those are the things where it's like, are you clear about what that inspiring purpose is? Because if you're not clear, it can be hard to move. And are you at a point where you're ready to let go of whatever it is you've held on to and get uncomfortable? And there's points in my life when I knew I should make a change, but I wasn't ready to be uncomfortable. I had a newborn or I had, you know, uh, a family situation that was tenuous or I just bought a house and I needed to, or I was about to buy a house and I needed my credit rating to not change at all and have that transaction in there or whatever the situation is can influence your readiness. And it's just being really honest with yourself about, am I ready to be uncomfortable? And am I clear about what I'm inspired about? And if you can answer those two questions with confidence, you're ready. And if you can't, I think those are two places where it's okay to be in kind of passive career reinvention, where you're thinking about those questions and noodling them, but you're not yet ready to like go full on. That's okay too, right? It's just about kind of being where you're at and being clear about where you are in the process. So the next, um, kind of in the same vein, but like a little bit of twist on it is thinking about what gets in our way. What are the barriers or things that make us pause or hesitate? And we've touched on a little bit of this, but just to dive a little deeper, what makes this so hard to make the leap into kind of, I'm actively going to tackle this. So maybe Tracy, think about what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think there's some very practical things that get in the way and you talked about them, right? I mean, a two-year-old that you just adopted that is going to have two major surgeries. You're buying a house for the first time. You have a newborn, you have a mother. I mean, I, for a while I was taking care of my mother who was three and a half hours away. Um, then my dad, I had to move my dad in with me. I mean, those are all really, uh, practical real life situations. Um, and then I think that there's a comfort in being known I think that's the biggest one. There's a comfort in being known for who you are. There's a comfort in knowing, even if you have a boss that you don't like, you know, what's the expression? The devil is the devil, you know, is better than the devil that you don't know. And I think that there's a, a big fear of the unknown. Um, and so I think pragmatism and the sort of the, 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 the false sense of certainty, because it, it is very false, particularly today of knowing something is really, to me, the two biggest things that get in people's way from, from moving, you know, taking action. Um, and I think that those are things that I'm not going to be glib. I mean, you have to think about, and certainly I've been in situations where I've had those pressures, but I've taken action anyway, because I think that, um, there's, there is a way to get from here to there. That's not so scary. And I think that's why you and I are dedicated to this, creating this movement because we've both done it both when we've been forced to, but then also when we haven't, when we've just kind of chosen. And so if we could help people kind of bridge that gap, no matter where you are. Um, but to me, those are the two biggest ones, right? So to, um, one of the things that is really important as you go through, these kind of twists and turns in life is the relationships that you lean on um, and the counsel you keep as you navigate these types of things. And some folks are, um, are blessed to have 
people in their lives that are really good at coaching them and really honest with them and really insightful. And some folks don't necessarily, they have wonderful relationships. They just don't have, you know, a person like that or a set of resources like that in their network. And one of the things that I know, I know tomorrow's Thanksgiving and I, um, uh, am reflecting on why Tracy and I have partnered together for 20 years. We met in graduate school and partnered on a, our graduate project, um, and started to realize really how much we could learn from each other and the experiences we each had that were similar enough that we could relate to each other, but different enough that I got something I didn't have when I started in the conversation or in the interaction. And as a result, I think over that time, um, I have a partner who sees me fully and who understands how I'm wired and compliments it enough, but also is similar enough that there's just not a lot of friction. And I feel like when I get advice from her or thoughts from her or challenged by her or bossed around by her, I know that it comes from a place where she's um, focusing on me being a better version of myself. And so that partnership is why we're creating this movement together. It's why um, we continue to, you know, kind of seek each other out to find ways to collaborate. And we have for years. And I think it also is part of our nature to create things that help others. And that's why also I think we're good partners to each other is we're generous with each other and many of the people that we have in our lives. So Trace, do you want to speak on the same point? Well, I think that um, wh- why we we decided to do this is because people um, are always calling us, asking us, how do we do it? And we had this coffee meeting where we were like, yeah, you know, we seem to be called upon, like, how did you do it? You know, and even people that on the surface, you would think, why are they asking me? They're, you know, they're the CEO of something or they, they are a doctor and they seem like they've got, got it all figured out. Like, I'm just, you know, <laughs> why, why are you asking me this? But what's interesting is, um, to Blythe's point, Blythe is my first call whenever I'm in trouble or whenever I'm celebrating something really fabulous that's happened to me, you know, certainly in my life, but definitely at work. I pick up the phone and she is my first call. And I know I'm her because we talked about this. I'm her first. And so it's we're blessed, the two of us to have each other. But it's because of what she said. You know, she's going to tell me the truth. She's going to tell me you know, I, I think you're not seeing things clearly here. And, and it's always with this commitment of seeing, you know, the best and highest self in me and taking action. And I think that if we could create a place where you all, as you are going through, you know, questions or is this the right time or, hey, the rug just got pulled out of me and you could have us as your first call in the community and, and, and foster a community of like picking up the phone for the first call, either figuratively or literally, that is a really, I think, key part of creating a, a reinvention of your career. Because without it, I just think it's too scary. Like, I think sometimes, where would I be if I didn't have Blythe? I don't know if I'd be as far as I am because I had, you need one person in your corner as you do this. And hopefully you'll have a whole community behind you, but you need at least one person. So I think that's really critical for me to, to create that. Um, and I certainly have that with Blythe. 
So with that, we have uh, are wrapping up our first podcast, and I hope that all of you have enjoyed listening to what we're up to and what we're about. And I really encourage all of you to um, get engaged in this reflection. And I hope join us in this movement of helping yourself or helping others reinvent their career and their work life. So with that, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Love Sunday Nights. For more resources and support, join our community online at www.lovesundaynights.com. And feel free to share this with those in your life who might be looking at their career or where they are on uh, Sunday nights and wanting to make a change. And you can like us on iTunes and share us on social media. We'd so appreciate being able to help just one more person.